You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Today on Max's Island, I've got a special guest from the other side of the world from me. Welcome to Max's Island, Crystal Chul. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here on your island. Crystal, on Max's Island, we have guests who love to tell particular stories around those times in their life where they've done something for themselves They've chosen to follow a particular path. They've made a decision that may have changed everything for them, either in the personal life or professional life. Do you have a story for us today where something happened to you that was pivotal in your life? Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm uh, so excited to be on your island. And uh, typically those pivotal moments happen when I've lost myself in a big way and I realize um, how off track I've been. And the story I want to share has two, two moments when I really lost myself in a big way leading up to the, um, the, the same realization. And the first part happened in, I think it was like 2018 or 19. So, uh, uh, and there I was... In 2017, I got into biohacking, which is like health optimization. I read a book by Dave Asprey that said, like, it's we have this bias or perception that the older we get, the the weaker we feel, the sicker we are, slower we are. This is actually a lie. And we can, you know, manage our energy and feel our best no matter what age we are at. And that was, that was such an aha moment for me, like, whoa, this is possible. I want this. I want to feel this way. So uh, fast forward, um, like a year later, uh, I remember like during the summer, like going to festivals and um, naturally I've been biohacking really hardcore for a year and it was like 8 p.m. and I was completely exhausted 
uh, and was 27. So I was like, this is not normal for, um, I consider myself still young to feel absolutely exhausted by like seven and eight. And then I went to Germany with a couple of my friends. And I remember uh, for dinner, we went to a bar and I looked at the menu and I saw there was nothing I could eat that was considered uh, biohacker friendly. Uh, and I, I completely broke down. I started crying. I had a nervous breakdown. And so one of my friends, we went outside and he sat with me and for me to, until I calmed down and we found a nicer restaurant for me to he, eat my vegetables and, and meat or something like that. And then like I was at my parents' place same thing happened. Uh, they didn't have anything um, for me to eat. Uh, and well, I was eating like, I think I remember eggs and paprika and zucchini. And I'm, I remember my body started like shaking and shivering because I was so, I was cold. Basically what happened is I was so underweight uh, and um, so cold and my hormones were all over the place that uh, that's when I really realized that okay, these types of behaviors of like breakdowns and I like really had to check what I eat and at restaurants I had I asked the waitress or waiter to always change my food menu of uh, the food so it will only have the ingredients that I considered healthy and then that was in what 2019 uh, 2020 I I finally read about wow like uh biohacking or health optimization for women is different than for men. And that's when I realized I actually developed an eating disorder called orthorexia, which is an unhealthy focus on eating in a healthy way. That's incredible because what you've described is something that was a pursuit of a level of excellence and a level of better living and a focus on doing things the right way. But it actually had the unintended consequences was quite the opposite to that yes I literally uh, like uh, I optimized myself sick that's that's the the summary but I really didn't learn from this so it was like a year later so um I once I've really still gotten out of the the eating disorder I then focused on um, my behaviors so this this notion of masculine and feminine traits of, you know, what it means to be a woman, like a woman is like wears long dresses and is really like flying around really soft and gentle. And, and so that was kind of like, Oh, I want to be this woman. I want to be this perfect. Per that was the notion was I wanted to be this perfect person in every aspect of my life. So I learned from this eating uh, the health part, but now I kind of focused on, okay, well, I just want to, you know, you know, like attract the best, the perfect partner and I needed to be the perfect woman to attract the perfect partner. And, um, and that actually escalated to the point of everything. When, 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 when some of my girlfriends spoke about like, Oh, I, I just like, I have this feminine brain right now. I just triggered me. Like, what does it mean? What the hell does like feminine femininity mean and masculinity? And it escalated to the point of one of my best friends, she at her birthday, she was complimenting every single guest on what she admires in them the most. And when she got to me, she said that I am the most organized, structured person she's ever met. And that's considered very masculine trait of like, you know, structured goals, strategy. And that was the biggest 
offensive of offensive words someone could ever say I was so offended by it and not I wasn't offended by her but I just like just the notion oh my god I am so structured and or someone sees me as this I am horrible like oh, I I'm not I'm not a I'm not a woman so that was kind of the feeling and uh, I think that was also like the breaking point um, of of this whole saga of wanting to become this perfect person had you ever experienced any of that growing up at all, though? Like, was this something that was a bit of a cycle or, or really was it just a culmination of the experience you had with the, the biohacking and, and all of those other things? Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely been at the cycle. I have a tendency to um, do things with my heart. I'm very passionate. Uh, but it's also there's behind that there's perfectionism, this good girl syndrome wanting to do the right thing. So yes, an early age. And this is what I realized later on that I received love when I did things, when I was really good at what I did. So that's why I was very active in school. I was like organized different events. Uh, I had my first business at 17. And uh, that's when I got the attention and love. And then I actually went to America and Canada to sell educational books to families with kids door to door. So they door to door sales for six years. Uh, working like 13 hour days, six, seven days a week. And I, I was a workaholic. I became a workaholic. So I wanted to become the perfect businesswoman and a perfect worker. And I, you know, it was 100% commission. So you got all the praise when you sold well. And I was one of the few people in the entire company of over 2000 sellers who grew in sales every single year. And I was also one of the best team leaders. I was also leading a team and recruiting so, uh, so yeah, and I got, you got the, you got the free trips, you got the money, you got the praise so that also fed into of going really, uh, obsessive, uh, into me sacrificing my personal life, my health, everything just to become this successful woman in business. And then after that, you know, I completely dropped that. Um, after I had a, st- I went, I had a startup in Silicon Valley. We, we got, uh, we got into the um, top three accelerators in the world called 500 startups. And that's when I saw that this work, workalism and perfectionism and stress and anxiety, um, is not, I'm, I, I was not the only one experiencing it, that there were other people. And in startup world, everyone was only talking about business and it was very, very exhausting. And that's when I really realized that, you know what, this is, this is not the life I want to live. That must have been really challenging because to be so driven mm-hmm. and then actually achieving so much, and, and I can understand the, the repetitive nature of the cycle that every step that you went higher, that it meant that you needed to lift your level of perfection to go even better and perform even better. And then you're pushing yourself to do that. And it's very easy to get on that treadmill and to be focused just on achieving the next milestone without really appreciating what that milestone was and what it meant. Mm -hmm. What was the realization though, that allowed you to step back and go, actually, this has to stop. Yeah. So with work, there was a very specific moment. Um, there was, yeah. So it's it's this notion of there's all these 
uh, articles and podcasts and shows around, you know, seven successful traits, you know, people have to become successful, but nobody really talks about what happens after you're successful. Um, and there's no like formula for it that I've ever come across. And so even though I was successful and, and selling a lot uh, and, you know, living my best life in that sense, it was, uh, I was, um, I was also in, in university in England. So, um, and I remember as I was graduating from uh, my bachelor's, looking up at the sky and saying, you know, I was constantly uh, telling myself, you know, I am working for this brighter future. In the future, I never have to worry about work. I never have to worry about money. So I was like building myself up. And I realized then, you know what, if I don't learn to live in the present moment, that's desired future will never come because never nothing was ever going to be enough and I was never going to be enough so and I also got feedback from you know other people I was working with of how they perceived me I at that time because I was extreme I was uh, constantly in stress fight or flight constantly super anxious so what that meant was I could really snap easily so I could be really really like straightforward aggressive uh, and you know just speak my mind but in a very ruthless way and then uh, and also work really hard and then I would burn out so I was living a very extreme life of also of my emotions and um, I kind of got this feedback of how people perceived me and I was like this is not me like, this is not how I see myself. This is not who I truly am. And so that realization um, also uh, made me decide I need to change. And I knew the only way I could change, I need help. So I actually got a coach who taught me the, I had one year, I had a coach who sole purpose was to teach me how to relax how to simply be. And it took me a year. Uh, and I remember it was my first exercise was just looking at a candle because I'm a fire element. So I really love fire. So uh, he told me just, you know, look at a candle, no matter how many seconds or minutes, just look at a candle. And then next day, look at it again or whenever. So this became, again, became like a obsessive mission of like, looked at a candle first for like 10 seconds. And then um, a little bit later, I got my girlfriends involved. So we went, we went to a cafe to look at a candle. So we just watched the candle. It was very, very <laughs> relaxing. Yeah, that's how it started, really. Um, and um, that's also maybe a part of the reason why I am a coach now, because I have gotten, like, I've made quantum leaps, so very, very fast progresses in my life with someone, you know, with a coach, with a trainer, whatever. So, because it's like, you can only, you know, you can't really see your blind spots. I'm super, super grateful for that realization and that decision to seek help. Just going back a little bit, the sense of gender differentiation and the perfection. So the, the, the need for women to feel like they need to achieve a level of perfection to be accepted. Was that something that you really, you know, I think you've already described that it, that was something that um, impacted on you. And do you see that a lot? Oh, yes, I do. Um, I, I work with very accomplished women, typically, uh, like entrepreneurs, executives, and they always have a sense of, you know, like the, 
uh, not feeling enough and not doing enough, you know, and that leads to burnout and anxiety and stress. And that's when they come to me like, I don't want to live this life. And I'm like, I totally understand. And that was actually when uh, it really clicked with me after my, I really realized I have an eating disorder and also like this struggling with this femininity and masculinity and like, what does it mean? When I um, became a workaholic, I now in retrospect realized I followed all the men's advice. Most of my mentors were men. So they were telling me, yeah, like, you know, work the schedule of like wake up at 5.59 a.m. and do all of these things like, you know, plan your day uh, to the minute. And I am a very teachable person. So I'm very open, like, yep, I'm going to do this. Um, and I think that's also part of why I have been successful, but it's also who do you listen to? And then same thing with biohacking and this eating disorder. I just also didn't realize I was following men, men saying, yeah, you have to fast. Fasting for 16 hours is amazing for you. Only eating keto or paleo, like high fat, uh, high protein, but low carbs. That's the best way I followed all of these things. And, uh, and then, I then I realized like, wow, women are different than men and, uh, it's not really advocated and it's really sad of these. Um, and that's why I always want to mention, I take responsibility of whenever I mention something, I always want to bring out, you know, especially with, we talk about healthy food. Okay. Yeah. Like, but if you are a man or a woman, like, please do your own research. If not, it's not applicable to everyone. And I didn't know this. I didn't know I have to, I had to do my own research of like, if someone, recommended me fasting that you know what it's actually only good for men and if you're a fertile woman with a with a um a menstrual cycle you know it actually can be really really uh, bad for you and you can make yourself sick and it's not just me I have several friends girlfriends of mine who have experienced the same thing so this was like I really realized yeah we we have kind of taught how to succeed in a very masculine word, even the nine to five uh, work, you know, our expectation to perform at our best every single day uh, is exhausting. And that's actually, I think, one of the big reasons why all over the world uh, women are quitting after COVID and during COVID, women are quitting jobs and they're not returning. They're actually starting their own businesses so they can really manage their own schedules. Um, especially where if women struggle with PMS, so this is like premenstrual syndrome of having like cramps and headaches of like, you know, and you can't really take that much time off work. And it's like, also, am I, am I enough or I am not successful if I take time off? So, um, so that's why they quit. But obviously when you're entrepreneur, things can be as bad because you, you don't have anyone setting boundaries and you are the only one who has to set boundaries for yourself. And I've been an entrepreneur for now 15 years. So I have had to learn how to set my own own boundaries and, and schedules because like, otherwise I can easily work 24 seven. That's really interesting because I think the traditional idea of a entrepreneur is shoot for the stars the highly focused highly nearly manic in a lot of cases somebody aiming for their single goal and quite clearly a lot of entrepreneurs don't make it and often they don't make it because it's perceived that perhaps their idea wasn't good enough or their the marketing wasn't good enough and all of those things but perhaps it's actually because of this unreal unrealistic situation they're creating where they're unable to sustain that focus because physically and mentally it's just not achievable. Yes, I have the strong notion that consistency, at least for women, leads to burnout. 
because a lot of the time the consistency is um, we make decisions only with our head, not with our body. So with our head, um, I have a good example. I had this client who came to me, uh, a woman, it's like, I, I want, I'm not consistent. Like even like a simple example of um, she wanted to stretch in the morning. And I asked her, why do you want to stretch in the morning? Uh, well, I, I read, I see it on Instagram. Like you have to stretch in the morning. I read, this is what you're supposed to do. And I was like, okay. So I, I guided her to, to her heart and intuition. Okay, what do you really love doing? It's kind of similar. And she, uh, her body said dancing. And they're like, would dancing be a more effortless way for you to do in your, during in the morning? And she was like, yes. So that's kind of the difference of, you know, what, um, especially with consistency of, uh, yes, you have to be in that sense consistent to build a business, but what you do, uh, so what are the habits or what are the tasks you want to be consistent in or with really depends on, you know, if, if it's just you have this idea or you read somewhere, this is what you're supposed to do, but maybe it's doesn't work for you at all it's like your body is like no this is so not for me and that's where this uh conflict happens with your head and your body and that's when you easily burn out and that's i think why people quit as well because they just can't handle it anymore um so that's why in my coaching i really uh, always integrate uh the body as well in whatever the women want to achieve it's like okay what does your body tell you and what are the best ways for you to be successful and sometimes it can be you know body tells like i need a vacation i need to rest and that can be the best best for them to actually be even more successful when we look at you know achieving goals at work yeah. We do look at it as this linear upward graph that, that never comes down, that it goes just continues to go up. And we don't allow ourselves that opportunity to, to take a break, to fail, to slow down, change the pace of your growth, whatever it might be, which is interesting because when you look at sport, when you look at a lot of the great sports people around the world, they all acknowledge that winning is everything, but they often also acknowledge that they won't win every time and that life is about each experience and learning from that. And sometimes, you know, you know, whether it be a game of tennis or a football game, you're not going to win every game. You will, you will lose some. And in those situations, that's just part of the cycle. It's part of the learning experience and it's the thing that makes you stronger so that the next time you win, you'll use that experience to help you do that. Whereas in business where we, we have this linear projection that everything is just building, building, building. So it's interesting that you talk about the, the need to find that conscious space of going, I actually need to step out for a moment for my own mental or physical point of view. And sometimes that can be driven, as you said, by the mind, but also by your body. I feel it's, it's, uh, it can be more complex for women because we wear typically um, more hats or we have more roles. And I love there was this um, very uh, deep uh, report by United Nations done in 2020 that covered, I think, 80% of the world. So it was something like 50% of the world. So men and women believe that men are better leaders and deserve to have a job first 
compared to women, you know, and so that also that that gender bias bias and also like having to be a good girl that's actually happens. There's another study done on six and seven year olds. So it happens in school that girls believe they are uh, good, but boys do great things. So boys are uh, capable of uh, uh, of doing challenging things, even though girls uh, had better grades. So it's it's the, the societal gender bias. And so we're fighting against that. I had um, an, a great example of this very accomplished entrepreneur. She has two kids um, and very loving uh, husband. But she was, you know, she felt like she had to do everything on her own because uh, that's when, you know, I... I I'm capable. I have to do like all the cleaning, all the housework, all the kids, you know, all the business, everything. And, uh, and that also caused her to burn out really, really bad. Uh, and it's just this, it's, it's very, it can be, I understand that. Yeah. Like, uh, they oftentimes, and I as well understand, like, I need to take a break, but it's like, I can't, you know, who am I then if I take a break? I have all these tasks that need to, people depending on me, counting on me. And um, so there's big mindset shifts that actually ha- have to happen first before we're actually even able to take this break. Because for me, even that's when I got a coach, um, when I, started even to learn how to take a break I really felt like I remember I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's um mantra of you sleep when you're dead literally I think that was I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger who said that and like who has time to rest it's a waste of time I felt worthless when I took a break literally that was how I feel like so it's when you rest from that place it's actually not recovery and rest at all and what I realized with especially the masculine and feminine parts and even the with the eating disorder I've actually I look back at all my goals that I've set every year I set goals for myself and intentions and I've always said like love myself intentions but I've never really understood what that really meant it was very intangible Uh, and people say like yeah just you know love your love is on the inside and your outer world reflects your inner world and like love and it's like okay what does that mean and um it really clicked with me is it's self radical self-acceptance that's i think for as a high achieving woman of that's i it was 2021 that i really i had an intention of radical self-acceptance when i let go of every single habit I've developed that you're supposed to have and and allowed to I set with my all the ugly and bad parts that in society's terms um and accepted them you know like, no I'm not gonna wake up in the morning at the same time and no I'm not gonna eat this healthy food and no I'm not gonna do this self-talk and an exercise of really like scraping everything I've learned and building myself up uh from a place of this really serves me and this is, you know, how I can really love myself and create habits uh, and a life that's on my terms. Crystal, as we leave the island today, mm-hmm. I just want to take that point a little further. So yeah. you mentioned that you do a lot of coaching at the moment and a lot of coaching of women. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to them about loving their imperfections and self-acceptance for somebody who is still really driven? Do you allow them to find their own mistakes and find their own ground? Or do you provide them with an opportunity for intervention so that they can actually realize it much quicker? 
it's up to them. So um, if you're someone who's driven, uh, it's up to you if you want to, you know, go it at your, at, by your, at yourself. And I've done it too. And, you know, uh, I think we're all definitely will learn uh, when we hit our own rock bottoms or you feel like I can't go on like this. Uh, or if you are at your rock bottom and like, I, I don't know how to get out of this, I definitely recommend to work with someone, um, whether it's me or someone else. And but I do, do want to say this that this, this has been a journey of eight years of I um, when I really realized I don't want to be a workaholic and spend my life working, but I'm still amb- I'm, I'm still ambitious and I want to be successful. But how can I do it in a way that I can prioritize myself and achieve it through like effortless effort? You know, when, when things feel like you have joy in your life, like you laugh, you uh, laugh every day and you just feel like you have this harmony in your life. And that's in eight years, I kind of discovered how to do that. And I don't really teach it. And that's I don't I don't believe there's one formula for it of like, you know, this is the steps you have to do. But I understand what it feels like. So now I hold I, I hold space for other women of and I allow them to find answers within themselves, whether only with their head or also integrating their body to feel like, okay, what's really a life and a schedule where you can achieve your goals, but also, you know, have time for yourself and for other life areas. And I truly believe it is possible. And I've, and I've helped uh, several and many, many women do so. So um, yeah, I think that's my main message is uh, you can have it in a way you can have it all. I think the main thing that has to change is, is how you view your life and how you view yourself. It's all mostly about mindset. And then uh, once you have this aha moments, then integrating them into your life and making those changes. I love the concept of holding space and Mm -hmm. letting others fall into that space and then come to their own realization, their own self-actualization of of what they can achieve and what they want to achieve. I want to leave with one last sentence is um, that's really uh, affected me in a big way is if you're a sunflower, you can never be a better rose not a better beautiful rose you can only be a better beautiful brighter sunflower crystal mm-hmm. thanks so much for being on max's island you've yeah. certainly brought a ray of sunshine to our island today you're very <laughs> enthusiastic and upbeat and um, i've really enjoyed the chat your experiences with your eating disorder and the revelation of of what you really wanted to achieve in in your life and how to do that thanks for being on the island and before we go little opportunity your own coaching business if you want to give it a plug here's an opportunity to do that now yeah so um if you are an accomplished uh woman uh, business leader and you experience overwhelm you know stress and uh and issues with your worthiness then uh, reach out i'm happy to have a discovery call with you you and see if I can help you uh, feel more, have more effortless efforts and harmony in your life uh, for you to achieve all your goals while also prioritizing yourself. Thank you, Crystal. I'll put your links in the show notes. So if any of Max's Island listeners want to make contact with you, they certainly can. Thanks again for being on the island and good luck. Thank you. Spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. 
day was a blur Oh work and no play And how, how had it turned out this way? He told me his plan A short-term escape Five weeks on the Bibbulmun track Go it alone, no one to blame If he finished or fell by the way sense was engaged, his mind was as clear as the sky, completely alone, no emails or phone, and 